When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog I used to think that this was my town What a stupid thing to think I hear you biting off a brain down I myself am on the brain I used to want to be a real man I don't know what that even means I just want you in my arms again And we can search each other's dreams What's up, 3Bs? What's up, Diamond Dogs? What's up, Athletic Gerbils? It's Rhea Butcher, the host of this here podcast, Three Swings. It's a podcast about life and baseball. In that order? Not necessarily in that order. A lot of people listen to this podcast don't like baseball. So, I don't know. You know? Listen to them. Glad you're here. It's another week. Some more baseball has happened. I lost my fantasy baseball matchup by two points, but hey, you can't win them all. And over on the other side of town, podcast-wise, my long-running six-and-a-half-year podcast, Put Your Hands Together, has come to an end. Please give it a listen. The last episode has me hosting it. I would love it if you checked it out. Um, I'm also going to be on tour coming up very soon, so please go to my website, riobutcher.com, and check on those live dates. I'm going to be in Texas a lot and in New Orleans and in St. Louis. So please check that out. Boise, Idaho also. So let's check those things out because I'd love to see you and shake your hands. Um, Fantasy baseball, I've kind of not given up. Every now and then I'll grab some new people, but I'm not. I'm tied. I'm in fourth place. If I make it to the playoffs, great. If I don't, that's less I got to do. You know what I mean? It's like less stuff I got to do. It's a lot of fun, and if you're a fantasy baseball fan and you live in Denver, keep an eye out. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> and if you live in Denver, I'm going to be at the High Plains Festival this year, so please come out and say hi there. I would love to see you. This episode is going to be catching up on something that we didn't cover uh, when it happened for reasons that I don't have. It just happened, and sometimes... You get a blind spot, and sometimes you just miss something that you wanted to cover. But I felt like it was very important to me that we cover this subject on Three Swings because uh, not only is it important to baseball and like a big deal in baseball, it also was personal because one of my teammates, well, former teammates, but I kind of feel like the the folks that I've played baseball with for it's either four or five years at this point. I can't really remember. It It feels so long in a good way that I can't really remember how long, but we've only been teammates for a year, but we were on the same team last year, the team that won the world series together. So I kind of consider myself to be teammates with that team forever. Um, he, one of those guys uh, sort of grew up in baseball with Tyler Skaggs, who recently passed away on July 1st in Woodland, Texas. Um, and so we played each other cause I'm now on a different team and 
he pitched in. It, it was one of those baseball moments, and we'll get to the the major league, the men's major league baseball moments. But I had a personal moment where I knew he was gonna. We checked in about it. I talked to him, and you know, sent my um, condolences and and everything to him. And then he was like, you know, I'm pitching, and I was like, he's gonna be bringing it. And we had the first time up, we had a battle, and he ended up winning. I think I I think I got I think I popped out. I don't think he struck me out. Um, but it was fun. It was like a eight pitch, not 10 pitch battle, which is a lot in a recreational league. And also he's great pitch. He's one of the top five pitchers, if not the, the best pitcher in our league. So I felt good about that. And who knows, maybe he was taking some off for me. I don't think so though. He's thrown pretty hard. And then the next time up, I swung on one and I connected. He was thrown so hard. My, my bat broke. <laughs> he broke my bat. And it didn't hurt either. It just snapped at the, well, it didn't break all the way apart, but it just, it broke at the handle. So that bat, which I loved, it was a really well-balanced bat. I even like let somebody use it, which is something I wasn't doing. And they got a, a laser single with it. It was a great bat. It was a great balanced bat, but happy to sacrifice it uh, for my friend's game, basically, you know? Um, but that's what I, I wanted to talk about the loss of uh, Los Angeles Angels pitcher Tyler Skaggs, who died on July 1st in Woodland, Texas. The Angels were in Texas for a series against the Astros, and Skaggs was just 27 years old. He had recently pitched on Monday Night Baseball and had a really tremendous outing against the St. Louis Cardinals, and it just kind of felt like, oh, this guy's breaking out, you know? Like, oh, he's going to be somebody we talk about. And so it's particularly sad and, you know, it's sad when anybody dies, whether they have talent or not. I'm not trying to say that, like, because he has talent, it's a big loss. It's just, like, it felt like he was in a moment, you know. And um, that's just really unfortunate, I think. And, uh, you know, you can't, there's nothing you can do about it except remember him and be kind to one another. Um, since Skagg's death, fans in Anaheim have flocked to Angel Stadium to pay their respects, laying down flowers and sign memorabilia in front of the main gate. Skaggs was 7-7 seven and seven this year in 15 starts, recording a 4.29 ERA with 78 strikeouts in 79 and two-thirds innings. For his career, Skaggs maintained a 4.41 ERA in 520 and two-thirds innings pitched. A native of the Los Angeles area, Skaggs was born in Woodland Hills and went to high school in Santa Monica. His mother, Debbie, was the longtime softball coach at Santa Monica High School and would often call Skaggs after games throughout his major league career to talk pitching and mechanics and provide tips. Skaggs was drafted by the Angels with the 40th pick in the first round of the 2009 draft. The same Angels draft class as Mike Trout. They were roommates in the low minor leagues before Skaggs was traded to the Arizona Diamondbacks in August of 2010. The Diamondbacks traded Skaggs back to the Angels following the 2013 season. In the Angels' first home game after Skaggs' passing, July 12th against the Mariners, Debbie threw out the first pitch, which I would say, and I'm happy to be reading these notes because I didn't do research on my own, which was silly for me, but she threw a perfect strike. Now, I don't want to diverge too much from what I'm talking about to get into some sort of proselytizing about anything, but I do want to point out she played softball. She's a softball coach, and she stood up on a major league mound after losing her son, and she threw a perfect strike. I just want to point that out. But it did also feel like this sort of magnificent, transcendent moment seeing that. 
seeing her throw a, per- a, a perfect strike down the middle. And then Angels pitchers Taylor Cole and Felix Pena proceeded to th- throw a combined no-hitter. Every Angels player wore number 45 jerseys for the game in honor of Skaggs. And at the conclusion, they laid their jerseys on the pitcher's mound in tribute. I would also point out that Mike Trout hit a home run that seemingly never came back down again. <laughs> they scored however many runs in the first inning. It was one of those moments that restored my faith in the church of baseball. Not renewed, or I should say renewed, not restored. Like, renewed my faith in it. Because it is a game, I just don't see these moments in other sports, and that's okay. You know, D. Gordon hitting that leadoff home run in the Jose Fernandez game like this. It's just something happens. Something gets channeled through these games, and it's something out of this world that you can't actually describe. Something bigger than everybody else. And I truly believe the amount of people that play it, the amount of people that have ever played it, the amount of people that love it, and the amount of things that have ever happened in it are what create the possibility for so many things to happen. And I just feel like the this Angels game, and I mean, they're the Angels. You know, it's like, how how could you you couldn't write that you wrote if you wrote this it would get thrown out of the room nobody would want to buy it so i say all this and in the context of like something ending in my life which is not the same as someone passing but at the same time something ending is something ending i know that the times that we live in are very difficult and things are very bad and i don't debate that I say this constantly, but there are still good things happening in the world. And the best way to combat all those bad things is to make tiny good things happen, like treating each other with kindness and respect. And when I say that, I don't just mean the people that are in your life. And I don't just mean the people that you like. And I don't just mean the people that you don't like going out of your way to do something nice. I mean, treating people with kindness, people that you're passing on the street people that you're pumping gas next to, people that you're driving next to. I realized how much I focused on bad drivers, and I also realized how much I don't ever pay any attention to people driving well, because I don't need to, because they're driving well. So instead of me zooming around and pulling dumb shit on the road, I just become one of those other drivers that's driving well, and I don't honk my horn. I let people over as much as I possibly can. I make normal turns. I don't speed. I don't pass people on the I don't do those things because I don't want I want to be in that big group of people that are just doing the right thing. Not because I want credit for it because here's the thing. Even if I wanted credit for it, I wouldn't get it because nobody pays attention when you're doing stuff like that. And it doesn't matter. You do it for the good of everybody else. <laughs> so hug your loved ones. Hug your enemies. Hug everybody. You know what I mean? We'll be back right after this with some trade deadline activity and a couple Rosenberg questions. All right, the trade deadline happened, and it was a big one, except also it was tiny. I don't know. I was talking to comic and friend Chris Garcia last night, and we both talked about how, like, we don't care about this money stuff, and it's all about money. Like, this trade deadline did not seem to be about, like, 
except for one team. It did not seem to be about, like, we want to win the World Series, so this is what we're doing. It's like they're just, I don't know, I said hedge funding of baseball, and I don't even totally know what that means, but I do know that that's what it feels like, where it's all just, like, venture capitalism and, like, hoarding money, and they're all playing Settlers of Catan with baseball players, and, like, I just want to watch the game, man. I just want to see this be good and fun, and, like, some of these trades have made it seem more fun or feel more fun, but Chris Garcia was like, can't it just be... Like when we were eight, when we just watched baseball and it was fun. And I was like, I mean, that's what I would would like, <laughs> but I can't make that happen. So we'll see. So here's some of the trade deadline activities that have happened. This is probably the biggest one. The Astros acquired pitcher Zach Greinke from the Diamondbacks in exchange for three highly rated prospects. J.B. Bakowskis, Seth Beer, and Corbin Martin, and salary relief. Granke joins a rotation in Houston that includes Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, and Wade Miley. The Astros also acquired relievers Joe Biagni and Aaron Sanchez from the Blue Jays to fortify their bullpen. Do I think like they're a lock for the World Series? Absolutely not. But do I think that they are one team that did something right? Yes. It doesn't seem like anyone in playoff contention is really caring about rotation and the Astros did and they as far as I can see have the best rotation out of any of the postseason likelihood player teams other than the twins but the twins just didn't need anybody but it doesn't seem it, it just is uh I mean they're scary but you know Grinky's old also other top contenders, the Yankees and the Dodgers were relatively quiet quiet at the deadline. Um something about the Dodgers is they brought up uh, one of their top pitching prospects, so that might be why they didn't make any big moves. Um, the Yankees made no moves, which seems to be not a great idea, um, especially given that they've had so many injuries. They are, like, chock full of talent, but they their rotation is not good. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Uh, but the Dodgers acquired veteran infielder Jed Giorko from the Cardinals and left-handed reliever Adam Kalarik from the Rays which I guess are some good moves. You know, they have some issues with their infield and, like, injuries and things. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. The The Atlanta team and the Nationals both fortified their bullpens. The Nationals added Daniel Hudson from the Blue Jays and Ronis El- Elias and Hunter Strickland from the Mariners. I think these are all great calls for the Nationals, quietly making moves. Well, Atlanta added Chris Martin from the Rangers, all-star reliever Shane Green. That's a huge, huge grab for them, I think, in the long run in the postseason. And Mark Melanson from the Giants. I feel like they're second to the Astros in terms of moves, the Nationals. Or uh, Atlanta, excuse me, I misspoke. And then the big blockbuster trade that nobody was expecting in a three-way trade, the Cincinnati Reds acquired pitcher Trevor Bauer. Cleveland acquired outfielder Yasiel Puig and outfielder Franmil Riaz, left-handed pitcher Logan Allen, infielder Victor Nova, and left-handed pitcher Scott Moss. And the Padres acquired outfielder Taylor Trammell. Trevor Bauer, who after the Mets stopped like put the stops on Zach Wheeler and Noah Syndergaard. And once Baumgartner was off the table, Trevor Bauer became the biggest trade target. And he was essentially a salary dump 
to the Cincinnati Reds. Now, he was not having a great season, so I understand that it wasn't, but he was still the biggest trade target. His not great season would have looked good to, I don't know, any of those teams, the the Dodgers, the Yankees, you know, like literally anybody. But instead he got dumped down to Cincinnati. And this is no offense to Cincinnati. I just mean they're not in contention at all. At all. I don't I don't mean anything against Cincinnati. I just mean like the top trade target went to a team that's not even remotely close to anything this season. But Cleveland getting Yasiel Puig and more importantly probably Rias is huge for them. Their rotation is still terrible. I am currently watching them play Houston. They are down 2 to 1. Honestly shocked that it's this close. Danny Salazar is probably not going to be around for very long. He just doesn't have it. And they don't really have... I mean, I don't think that Corey Kluber comes back to what Corey Kluber used to be. And, I mean, I just think their rotation is... It's wild. It's wild. It's wild. I don't even know what to say about it. I mean, I think Cleveland did get a haul for Trevor Bauer. Pretty shocking. Pretty surprised. Um, and then the Oakland A's added right-handed pitcher Tanner Roark in a in a trade with the Reds. Um, and major trade targets that stayed put, as I mentioned, Madison Baumgartner, starting pitcher for the Giants, and Noah Syndergaard, starting pitcher for the New York Mets. These are the things where I'm like, I guess it makes sense that they stayed, but it's also like, I don't like this sort of second-stage entertainment of baseball. To me, the game is what's entertaining. The talk around trades and the talk around money that shit is not entertaining to me. And I don't like that it's become entertainment. It's just not... I don't like it. <laughs> and I know a lot of people that don't like it. It's so boring to me. <sighs> so, who are the winners and losers at the trade deadline? The losers, Trevor Bauer. The winners, the Astros, and Cleveland, I think. With Atlanta coming in third in terms of winners. Um, and how much does the Granky trade affect the Astros' chances? I mean, I think it it cranks them up a considerable amount of notches, given that Granky. Look, I don't think Granky is the ace that he used to be, but you have three aces plus, right? I mean, yeah, you've got Wade Miley is not necessarily an ace, but you've got Verlander and Garrett Cole, who's get, who's honestly going for a Cy Young this year. And then you add Zach Greinke into the mix. That's four starters who are going to give you seven to nine Ks every... I mean, that's that's a solid rotation. Solid rotation to come up against, especially given that, I don't know, maybe who even has a rotation to that degree? Maybe the Dodgers, maybe the Twins. Nobody's competing with that. So, I don't think, I'm not, like, ready to stamp, you know, congratulations Houston on anything, necessarily, because they still got to play all the games, and they have a lot of players that have a lot of injuries. I'm looking at you, Carlos Correa. So, I'm not ready to just, like, rubber stamp a win, but they've definitely moved into, like, the number one spot on the American League side for me. So, after this, we'll be back with a little rosin bag. What's up, 3Bs? 
It's Rhea Butcher here, the host of this here show. I just want to let you know that I've got some tour dates coming up. On August 8th, I'll be at the Lucille Ball Comedy Festival in Jamestown, New York. And on Saturday, August 10th, I'll be at Outside Lands in San Francisco. My set is around 4 p.m. You should come to that. And on Friday, September 6th, I'll be at the 208 Comedy Fest in Boise, Idaho at the Knitting Factory. Please come by and see me, Boise. And on Sunday, September 8th, I'll be at the XOXO Festival at Revolution Hall in Portland, Oregon, giving a talk. Not stand-up, a talk. Please come check that out. And on Thursday, September 12th, I'll be at the North Door in Austin, Texas. The very next night on Friday the 13th, I'll be at the Seeker Group in Houston, Texas. And on Saturday, September 14th, I'll be at the Howlin' Wolf in New Orleans, Louisiana. And I'll be finishing out that run on September 15th at the Ready Room in St. Louis, Missouri. Please come to any one of those shows, or all of them if you feel like it, and you can get tickets at my website, www.riabutcher.com What's up everybody? Please check out all those shows. I would love it if you came to my shows. I would love to see you. Brandon Callahan asks us, one week after shortstop Richie Martin scores an inside the park home run against Boston, the starting center fielder becomes the first position player in history to record a save. Can the Orioles be the most interesting team in the MLB to watch? I think the answer is possibly. Turns out, if you have fun while playing baseball, it's fun to watch. It's not always about winning, but it's also not always about tanking. And it turns out you can just do some fun shit and people can enjoy watching you. So I need to be watching more Orioles games. I need to be watching more baseball games, I'll admit to that just immediately i need to be watching more baseball and honestly Puig getting traded to cleveland is the first time i've turned on a cleveland game in a minute so hey sometimes trades do a lot for everybody and then trey Wittish asks should toronto leave Bo bichette in the minors he's been great for buffalo who will be competing for a playoff spot is it more important for him to get blue jays swings during a lost season or stay with bisons and get experience playing meaningful games they should, he should be in Toronto. Hands down, I think he should be in the show. The show is the show. I know that that sounds counterintuitive to almost everything that this person that's speaking stands for. But that's the goal. And if you reach the goal, hold on to the goal. And one player does not win a series. It'd be great to win a championship, but it's also great to play in the show. And you kind of can't compare the two things. And he already had a home run. Which, by the way, I haven't fully uh, even really looked into this because it's disgusting to me. But Toronto is like, the ownership is uh, making t-shirts about how they own the team for longer based, and they only paid for a certain amount of team. I don't know. I don't like any of this. I don't like, I don't like where the ownership and the like sort of organization of any of men's baseball is going. But we'll maybe get into that on another episode. So, I mean, hands down, I think Bo Bichette stays in the show as long as possible. Give the dude a chance. Minor league championships are good. They're not the same as playing in the show. And that's my thoughts on that. So great. I'm going to get some guests lined up. I'm hopefully going to a game pretty soon. I appreciate everybody listening. Keep sticking around for three swings. 
I got to get some air conditioning in my place so that I can record a longer podcast. Because honestly, I had to turn my fan off to record this podcast. And like, I'm just like, well, I've covered everything that I needed to cover. But I guess what I would say in closing, just to sort of go back to what I talked about earlier. And I guess in regards to put your hands together, because I've had a lot of feelings and thoughts about it. And, you know, it relates to my personal experience playing baseball. I've found that, you know, a lot of people have told me what that show has meant to them. And they've even just said thanks. And it's been really nice. And it's made me feel like, oh, man, did this end before it needed to or whatever. And that's that's not the case. And do I wish that I could just keep doing it forever? Yes, absolutely. But I realize that, like, I you know, hearing it from people... And not hearing these things from people have made me realize that I need to take the time out of my day and out of my own brain and my own thinking to be like, because I, I know in my own, in my head, I hear when my heart is talking, but I ignore it sometimes. And that connection between my heart and my brain is more open than it's ever been, but it could be more open. And that's hard. It's hard. That's the condition of being human, you know, is having that connection. Because there's so many things that our brains just want to take over and tell us not to do. Because my brain tells me, don't say that. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to know. Nobody, blah, blah, blah. it's going to hurt. It's going to, all these things, right? And like, that is what I've learned in this experience of put your hands together ending is say the thing. Say the thing to everybody. Say, hey, I really liked this. Hey, this is fun. Hey, this is good. Hey, I like hanging out with you. Hey, you were funny. Hey, blah, blah, blah. Hi, how are you? You know, all those little things that you think like, nah, this person doesn't want to hear from me. You're, you're making decisions for them based off of your thinking, which is faulty. It's faulty thinking, you know? So that's my plan for this week is I'm going to say to the people in my life that that I appreciate and who are there for me and who have done things for me or not done things for me, but have just, just that I appreciate having them in my life. I'm going to tell them that. I'm going to tell them something or I'm going to ask them how they're doing. See what's up with them and be genuinely interested and listen to what they have to say. And not just say like, how are you doing? And when they say, I'm, I'm good not go, okay, so anyway, this is what's going on in my life. Like, I'm going to genuinely see what's up with the people in my life. That's what I'm taking away from it. So, I hope that everybody has a really good week, and we are getting into the home stretch of men's Major League Baseball. The postseason is around the corner, and August is about to happen, so let's see if the Dodgers take a giant dump like they tend to. They did get swept by the Angels. So, we'll see what happens. Um, and you should come back next week and listen to my podcast then. Uh, follow me on Instagram, at Rhea Butcher. Same thing on Twitter. You can follow me there. I'm touring, like you heard in my ad. But you can please check You can please check those things out. You can get my tickets on my website, RheaButcher.com. So, please come out to those shows. And as always, if you liked it, you liked it. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, 
Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.